0: I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am, and I get what I get because I live and be smoke. Stop being gazelle. You're not average. You're not even good. You were born to be great. We keep it
1: What's going on, world? Welcome we to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ, joined as always by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Phillips. What's happening? Dougie Doug, Dougie Fresh. E.T., the hip-hop preacher, E, what's going on? I just want to change my name to the Beige sensation.
0: Like, it's simple. You know what I'm saying, and you say the same thing every time when you say Carl's name. Mine switch up from week to week.
1: Well, you you have many different aliases. <laughs> A man of your stature must go I by just like several different things. No, sensation. no, 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 no simplicity for you, <laughs> you my friend. Got too many
2: roles to fill.
1: Too many. You know what I'm saying. I don't know whether you're the pastor, the speaker, the CEO, the entrepreneur. Well, I don't uh, know what's marvelous. going on. Hey, it's just, and we, uh, it's just me are, and Rihanna here. See, <laughs> we're we're joined today by the uh, yeah. the fourth member of the podcast you know we we are only so blessed to to receive his presence every now and then he's got so much going stroke on stroke and uh, checks stroke you know, and check he tells us he tells us when he has time to jump on man but uh mr josh hatch aka the six eight assassin aka kevin love oh, joins us on the I podcast
3: he has there, a better back and knees and probably a better jump shot than me so uh
1: well it's debatable it's debatable you know what I'm saying? We, the, the people the people never seen your jump shot, so we're not sure. Um, hey, appreciate y'all joining us, man, on the podcast. Um, man, we actually are doing this at, a, like, regular human hours, so it's a little different feel. It's not 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I feel terrible. No, no, no. I they like they get the it at the same down. time regardless, so I think they straight. Um, I want to jump into something, and it's going to lead the topic of the day. And um, you know, we kind of talked about it a couple weeks ago, but – uh, am I tripping, or has your boy gone too far? And by your boy, I'm referring to Mr. LeVar Ball. Now, for those of you who don't know who LeVar Ball is, he's got a son, plays for UCLA, Lonzo Ball, and he's pretty good. He's going to go top five in the draft. He's got two other sons that are in high school, and they're both coming to UCLA as well. Now, I, me and Josh kind of talked about it. Me and he talked about it. Carl, we talked about it on the podcast for a quick second. And I love this man's energy as it relates to being a father, right? You pump your kids up. I didn't even have a problem when he said his son was better than Steph Curry. I was like, maybe he's trying to, you know what I'm saying? Instill some confidence in his son. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about confidence. Um, and so maybe he's trying to instill some confidence in his son. Like, hey, I believe in you. You're the best in the world. Whatever. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Then he said um, the other day that he was going to do a three-way package deal for all his sons and Nike or whoever the highest bidder was, and he wants a billion dollars. Which, again, I said, okay, you know, I can understand that. Why not? You got three sons, all of them ball?
0: Absolutely.
1: But then my Absolutely. friend Mr. Ball. It's 33, yeah, well, hey, I'm not mad at Each it. one of them. But then my friend Mr. Ball <laughs> took it one step further, with like, like just jumped all the way off the cliff uh, the other day. When he said that uh, in his prime, he would have smoked Michael Jordan in one on one. So now you didn't cross the line to like being delusional. You know what I'm saying? So I saw that and I was like, okay, now everything you said prior to now nah, is just a joke, and you didn't took it too far. So I don't know if y'all got a chance to see that, am I tripping or has the man lost his mind?
3: Well,
0: well, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I will say this. And in and, and, and our guru's own mouth, he said, don't, oh, let, don't facts let facts get in the way of a good story. Oh my <laughs> <shit."> <laughs> so my man is, hey, my man is having the time of his life. You know, uh, he is probably getting way more TV time than he's ever had in his life. You know, he's probably having a very, you know, productive and good time in this run. And so when you start, you know, coming up with stuff, you know, you shoot ten free throws, you bound to miss one. See? Oh no, oh, no, no doubt. Man but I'm saying at this point, process.
1: has he? Is it kind of like backfiring because where it looked like before, you were a champion of your sons and you were kind of just pubbing them up and instilling confidence, and now you kind of making it about yourself.
0: What I'm saying I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he went that deep. I didn't see it. What did you see, it, Carl?
2: I didn't see it either. But I'm saying, yo, you all publicity is good publicity. My man's staying in the limelight, so I'm with it. Like your sons will always be recognized, at least for this season. Everybody talking about you know what I'm saying? Like, there's gonna be hype around them. So you creating their draft stock, you creating their their value. Like you're creating. I mean, they, obviously their game is speaking for itself. But now with that, you add in some some you know some some tangible thing, not tangible, sorry. But you adding some stuff, some hype around it that will get more attention to it. That could you know potentially increase the value yeah, of it. Yeah, see, so I,
3: not I yeah, I have a little bit different take. So I, I think I think what they're doing as a family is is the American dream, and he has the right to go after the billion-dollar shoe deal and everything else. They've worked hard for that. He is borderline getting to the point where it's becoming a sideshow. I, I believe that's where that's where the danger could come in, That, that he's, but to E's point, he's having the time of his life. Now, I think he's budding against where his five minutes of fame is, is about to run out, and he needs to be careful how he goes out with it, but his boys can play.
1: Yeah, and I think there's no question his boys can play. I'm just pissed because you played for Washington State and averaged 2.2 points a game, and then you went overseas and sat the bench for a couple of years, and you say you could beat Mike one-on-one. Okay, the inability to self-assess.
0: Absolutely, but I will say this, though, see, I will say this, and I definitely, you know how I feel about Magic and the fact that even in some of these discussions, they put Magic all the way down. I'm like, you know how I feel about that. But I will say this, It, it would, to me, Josh, I I almost think that it has been better that he waited to give us this preposterous story about he's better than Magic at the end. Mike, not Magic. Mike, Mike. uh, I mean, all he said was better than Michael Jordan? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He about to switch now. It's entertainment, uh,
1: man.
0: Ears okay. couldn't even uh, hear that. E- ears couldn't okay. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. I'm sorry. So, let me, I'm, hey, Josh, I'm going to change everything I just said. But let me say this real quick. Yeah. I thought you said he said it was magic than magic. Uh, no, which I, bro. Which, I, which I was like, uh-uh. But then you said, Mike, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, um, i entertaining us. Oh, yeah, now nah, he, he, like, I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, oh, he like I'm done with I, it. Now he like I'm mean, done with it. Hey, I'll be done. Done, done. Put a fork in it. Uh. I'm done. Uh, but I will say this, Josh. The, 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 if, if it's going to be a sideshow, I am at least grateful that he began, you know, really putting his sons in the proper perspective, you know, um, really challenging The way people think about sports, because I think that's what he's done. I'm just going to be honest. Let me tell you what he said the other day that I thought, still borderline, Josh. But we have to understand that what we look at borderline today, 10 years from now, we might be saying genius, right? But the one thing that I did, like what he said, that was controversial, right? But he said, where was these other fathers when you were talking about some of the other greats, you know? And he said that the reality is this is really some of the, you know, first looks we're getting at where young men on this level have their fathers present, right? Speaks volumes. And maybe I'm a little biased, you know, because of my experience, you know, but having their dad there, somebody to protect them. I'm looking at new edition and the new edition story. And what do you see in the room? You know, in the new edition, you see nothing but mothers and you see these boys getting taken advantage of, you know, so I like the fact that one, you've got a dad here who's saying that, look, you're going to have to deal with my sons, you know, in, 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 in a way that's going to be mutual. They're, they're not going to be taken advantage of. You've got a father who is speaking. Oh, come on, not just present. He's going from one city to another city. You know, he's catching all the games, you know, and then he's pubbing his sons up. So, man, I, I, I think that there's way more good, you know, than bad, and I think I feel this way because I didn't hear the MJ, I didn't hear it come out of his mouth, <laughs> you know. I'm going to have to go back and watch that myself. But, um, but no, overall, man, I really do think, and, and he said something else. Somebody says, don't you think you're taking over your son's lies? He said, listen to me very closely, and my son is 21. He's probably, you know, close uh, in the age of his son. He said, Josh, when my son, I put in all this work. I raised this kid. I fed this kid. I went to work to take care of this kid. I practiced and trained with this kid. You know, again, I went to work for this kid. Like, this is what I've done for these boys. So the day they want to make their own decisions is the day they take care of themselves. And I'm telling you, I know I'm biased, but my boy 21, I'm so feeling that, Josh, that all the sacrifices I made, I have the right to get involved. Like I have the right to be in the mix. Oh, and the yeah. day, no. you, you know, the, and, and the day they feel like, you know, hey dad, you've got, you know, you done your thing. We ready to go on our own, man. We welcome our cho- children growing up, you know, and flying out, you know, the nest and doing their thing. But yeah, man, I just saw the story. See, man, I just started following him. Actually, I know you like what rock you've been under E. I just started following him. Maybe in the last three or four days, uh, looking at the stories you know, reading some of the backstories, and I'll be honest, as a father, man, I I, I felt proud. Like, I, not that I wish he was my father, nothing like that, but I wish my biological father, you know, had been there for me, like these dudes, like, you know, these three young men, father was, you know, for them, bro. you know? And so, yeah, that, I'm sorry, but that's just yeah. my take.
1: No, and I think, I, and I think, you know, of course, well, first of all, far be it from me, we've heard my parenting failures over the last few weeks. Um, to critique anybody's fathering skills, uh, you know, as, as many blunders as I've had. But um, I do want to talk about that because, you you know, you, you think about it and I see it w- exactly what you're saying, but then you wonder, do you put too much pressure on your kids? Do you not put enough, whatever? And I know, Josh, you're kind of dealing with that now. Hudson, of course, you guys heard us say before, you know, Hudson is, what, seven, eight years old now? Um, and he is obviously a a golf prodigy phenom and, you know, he's, you know, ranked in the world for his age division and playing against kids from literally all over the world, Josh. And how do you, I'm just wondering how you balance that, you know, in terms of being there, being supportive, you know, cheering them on and giving them that confidence, but then not putting too much pressure on them. Like you, you didn't say he, i never heard you say he was better than tiger. You know what I mean? Like. So how do you find that balance for you, you know, in, in, when you're dealing with your kids? Because, I mean, I think for Carl and I, it's, it's good information, right? We both have, you know, three and four year olds. And so we're in that mode now where they're just starting to understand things like confidence. You know what I mean? And like, you know, certain things like Trey's not allowed to say it can't in the house. Like, I can't open this. I can't do this. I can't do that. You just, I say, no, 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 you need help doing it. Don't say you can't. And just trying to, you know, reinforce some of those confidence factors. But then you look at, a, you know, LeVar Ball, who maybe even takes it to the extreme. And then sometimes you can kind of see that backfire in kids whose parents are too overbearing, you know, the helicopter parents who had every game and they're at the soccer game yelling at their kids and going too hard. And so I wonder, Josh, for you, because, you know, Huddy is older than, you know, Jordan and Trey, um, how are you handling that, instilling that confidence but at the same time, letting them be a kid and, and still mature and grow. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. It's, um, for us, you know, we have this conversation, Heather and I, as a, as a couple every week with our kids. You know, how do we make them? Because our mark, our mark on our kids will actually be not what they do um, athletically. It'll be when we pass away and our kids out, outlive us, will they be good, productive citizens? And will they contribute? And so it goes, it goes way past the sports from a sports standpoint. You know, I, I, I grew up in a situation like E. I didn't have a father. This is my first run of this. I wish I had what Hudson has. You know, I look at Hudson and go, I wish I had a dad that could have molded me and guided me and spent some time with me and enjoyed spending time with me. You know, golf is a different game because I can actually get out there and play the game side by side with him. So we have a lot of fun. Um, you know, what we do, what we do is, is we celebrate we celebrate the good times, but we celebrate the bad times. I'm equally as proud of, of him um, in these tournaments and how he plays um, as, as, long as, as long as he tries. And look, he's eight years old. Trying sometimes can mean just being focused. We're not talking about trying as, you know, he's eight years old. Um, there's gonna be days where he's just not focused. But what I don't wanna do is have any expectations on an eight year old that it could burn him out by 10 years old or that the game of golf isn't fun. He's always loved sports. And see, you know him. It's a basketball, a football, golf. He loves all sports. And his favorite sport is the one that's on TV at the time. And he loves all sports. What I try to do is, is challenge him in the right ways to find the right combo to push and pull um, um, him, but really just to build his confidence and let him know that he is a special kid. And I don't mean a special kid just athletically. He's a special kid. And, and, and I think all kids are special. So it's trying to bring out what God gave him, his, um, his nature, and then my job as a parent is to nurture that. So, so I can't make him swing a golf club, golf club the way he does. That was a God-given gift, and we'll see where he goes with it. Uh, he could he could decide to play Legos next week, but um, he was born with, with with God gave him, and that is his nature. And Heather and I believe it is our job to nurture our children's gift, whether that's Bear or Huds all the way through, and support them um as long as they are interested and um and are having fun
1: yeah Ian your kids are older I mean what do you what like talk to us I guess because our kids are younger what are some things give me a couple of things that you wish you would have done differently e, as it relates to instilling confidence in your kids you know what I mean like you and, and not to say you don't have confident kids you obviously do um but like what, what are some things if you say shoot man if I could go back to when Jalen was you know Trey in, in Jordan's age, and you know I I, w- I wish I woulda. You know what I mean? Give us a couple yeah, things. Yeah, I
0: think the first thing I, I wish I woulda done, see, is not assume that they were they were young, they were too young to understand. You know, I think I think I mm. made some decisions for them that I, I would still make for them, but I don't think I would have made it without discussing it with them. And I'm not, trust me, I'm definitely not on no psychology, um, you know, theory. Uh, time out stuff, you know, I, I, Napoleon Hill said this years and years ago, and I hope we can find the, um, the quote, but he talked about the fact that if you make life easy for your children when they're, you know, young, then in essence, what you're really doing is making it difficult that, for them as adults, you know, so if, if you, mm-hmm. if you save them every time, you know, they need to be saved, and I, and I told a story, see, I don't even know about if, if I told you, I mean, I know I talked about uh, 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 Trey, for those of you who don't know, C's son, who's my godson, um, I had the opportunity, and I never get the opportunity to really, you know, watch him like that. But at the conference, I got a chance to watch him. And, um, you know, C was up and making his moves, you know. And, and, and I know I talked about it in general when I was on the mic, but I didn't get specific. And what I said, C, there was a, a point where when you first left, like, Trey, was just like, I wouldn't say hysterical, but he started crying. And you know, as soon as he started crying, of course I was on the right side and there was a space. And on the left side, what most people don't know, was his mom, but she had Avery. So of course she jumped up see, you know, to come over. And I just, you know, did my mm-hmm. little hand like, Candace, he gonna be good. Yeah, he's gonna be good, somewhere. don't worry about it. He's <laughs> not, he crying. He's gonna be all right, I got this. You know, and I just told Trey, like, stand up, look ahead. Who do you see? He was like, Daddy. I was like, he right there, son. He ain't going nowhere. He right there, and you can see him, and he sat down and was cool. And what Napoleon Hill said was that, for real, if we make every time they cry, if we run to them, when they get older Mm -hmm. and they cry, we're not gonna be able to save them. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is not pretend like they ain't crying, but we have to give them the tools when they're young to be able to create solutions for the problems that they have. You know, and so What I should have done better is say, hey kids, here's what I'm going to do for you because I think this is going to set you up for your future. But because it's your future, why don't you participate in it? You know, and I felt like in some instances, see, I did 100% of the work as if it was my life and I was going to lead that life. You know, and as they're getting older, I'm realizing like, yo, Eve, for real, back up. You know, and discuss. It was funny, I was talking to Didi about Jada today and I was like, yo, Didi, it's something she did, you know, um, when she came back from the trip that I still felt like like she's not really getting 100% disrespect thing, you know? And this is why I went off two weeks ago. And, and it looks like nothing has changed other than I, you don't want me to go off. You know, and Didi was like, did you talk to her about it? And I was like, uh, somewhat. She's like, well, you've seen be articulating very well to me about it. Call her and talk to her about it. Go pick her up and take her to lunch and sit down over lunch and just explain to her, this is how I feel. And if things don't change, this is how it's going to shape our relationship. So, for real, man, I just think that's the biggest thing, you know, um, I did wrong. And I will say this as well. And, and, again, I come from that parenting style, see, where, for real, you were, you were disciplined. You know, um, you know you were, we, we did take the old-fashioned belt and I think there were a couple times that I was so concerned about, and, and not a lot, I'm not gonna sit here and lie, but it, it, I will say maybe 25, 30% because of my upbringing, you know, and not having my biological father in my life, I, I, was, I was a little bit concerned about the relationship. Now, C know me, so he might be like, yeah, that's a shot, You know, he know I'm not, you know, totally into it, but there were a few times where I may not have um, given them the, the, the consequences of their actions, because I didn't want them to think I was a mean person. And when I look back, especially at my daughter, um, because I didn't really discipline her a whole lot, my wife said to me today, she said, you look at how Jalen treats you and look at how Jada treats you. She's like, for real, your son, you, 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 you dealt by law with him, by principle, and he respects you to the utmost. Your daughter doesn't always respect you like that because you did let her get away with murder you know, when she was younger. So she's only responding to you, that, you know, whatever. So that's another thing I wish I would've done better. See, I'm not necessarily-
1: So do you think it was because she was the second child or because she, she was Just a girl? because she was a girl. Not that yeah. I needed for any specific <laughs> reason. You know what I'm saying, Carl? Right I'm like, with you, she on the you exact same. Yeah. I'm like, hold on, let's get this Jada uh, thing taken care see, of real quick. I think quick. it was she
0: was a female and, and I think I felt like, to some extent, I was more equipped, at least I thought, mentally and emotionally, you know, to deal with a male because I knew how they were I felt like I know how men are wired, you know. I know if I spank my son, but I show the love, you know what I'm saying. He's going, you know, whatever. But with my daughter, I wasn't 100% sure, you know, okay, what do you do? Because I don't want to necessarily, you know, uh, uh, do the belt thing with her or, uh, you know, fuss at her and, you know, be be in her face like I was with Jalen. And so so I'm not going to lie. See, it was touch and go. I didn't know what to do, and I probably should have sought counsel as a, as as and not necessarily, um, because I didn't know I feel like I retreated, see if that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? It, I, it wasn't that I didn't know and I went and got help, or I, I sought advice. It was kind of like, yo, I don't know what to do, so I don't do nothing, you know? But as she got older, as a teenager, and then, you know, uh, as she got closer to going to college, I think her junior year in high school, I started to have some you know, some challenges that a lot of parents would say you're going to have anyway. I I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But I do know that for real, Jalen and I have a very, you know, mature, let's talk, let's talk it out. And because I retreated with Jada, I find that when we have conflict, see, that's what we do. We do what we did when she was young. We kind of retreat. And so I would just say to parents, for real, if you have a challenge, you know, get help, go seek counseling, read a book go see a movie, you know, whatever, get in a support group. But the one crazy thing about parenting, it goes quick and you don't get a do-over, see?
1: Yeah, and here's the thing, you know, and and here's why I'm making this point. We can kind of make a shift now to adults, but somebody came up to me at the conference uh, after the VIP, which, man, shout out to everybody who came out to the Stay Ready Conference. By far and away, the best conference we have ever had in our lives. It was incredible. Just the energy in the room, the <laughs> I was music. Say, you
2: Gotta say the, the e word. Yeah, energy.
1: I mean, it was it was phenomenal. E. But right after you left, I know you had to leave like quick. But then, you know, I stayed around and, and talked to people. And this guy was like hey, I've been an entrepreneur for quite some time, and I feel like I'm struggling, you know, I'm hitting the glass ceiling, going to that next level, not because I don't know what to do. He was like, I'm just not confident that it's going to work. And even though I've built this company and I'm making six figures, I, I he was like, for whatever for whatever reason, I just don't feel confident in my ability to get it done. And I was like, wow, was a grown dude, like nice looking dude, like in shape, you know, looked like he was like late 30s, early 40s. And I'm like, wow, that confidence thing is so big, and it hit me. You know, because I was looking at my son and I'm like, yo, sometimes you see people who not confident at five years old and they're still not confident at like 40. You know what I mean? So it's not like, you know, it's not like you just I mean, we all know childhood friends and people we grew up with who were kind of like unsure of themselves at like five or six. And then, boom, at, you know, 35, they still unsure themselves. And I'm like, yo, I really want to make sure for my kids that I'm instilling that confidence. And so for E, I guess one thing I want to know from you, for those people out there you know, who are struggling with confidence. And I, and listen to me. If you're listening to the podcast, you're like, oh, right. I'm confident. Like, no, no, no. Really think right. about, yo, are you confident in your in your marriage, in your business, in your health? Like, all of those things. Like, do you have that utmost most confidence? And E, you're one of the most confident people I know when you're operating in your gift and when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So for somebody who, like the gentleman that came up to me that was like, oh, I'm just not super confident, like as a person, and it's stopping me from going to that next level, How do you as an adult can you make the shift? How do you make the shift when when did you I guess there's a couple part question When do you remember because you obviously you know must have been struggling some You know what when you were homeless and on the streets and all of those things Do you remember when you felt was it like a shift when you woke up one day like all of a sudden I feel super confident I'm ready to go Or was it something that was in you and just had to come out? Like, walk us through that, and can somebody who's, let's say, 35 years old, who hasn't been confident their whole life, how do they then find that confidence? Yeah, I think,
0: see, and again, a lot of people would define confidence, you know, uh, in their own unique way. But what's weird to most, what what I'm saying was going to be weird to most people, but for me, see, confidence is, you know, really being free, if that makes sense. You know, it is, it, is, it is not focusing on, you know, or having to deal with, you know, all of the insecurities, you know. So, so, so E, what are you saying? What I'm saying in essence is, see, I felt when I wasn't confident, confident, it was all of the other stuff, you know, that I was occupied with, the things that I was concentrating on. You, you know, so now, because I've dealt with those things, see, I'm like free as a bird. And I think that's where the conferences come from. It's not, is it something within? It is, I stopped tripping about the fact that um, I wasn't necessarily a, uh, um, what one would call an, uh, an academic, you know, intellectual scholar. Like, yo, see, I feel very comfortable in the fact that I can go to the movies and watch a movie and come out with a lot more than a dude, who may be considered an I, an Einstein, you know, a dude who may be able to pick up a math book or an English book, you know, and run circles around me. I no longer feel like I have to live up to that standard, that I, I personally feel, what's the word? I, I embrace, see, my type of intellect, the fact that I don't forget a face, the fact that I make people feel good. That's, that, that's emotional, emotional intelligence, see? There are people who may be able to be um, very good passing LSAT or MCAT to, like, they can do that, but they are socially immature, like, th- socially they suck. I don't have a problem uh, with emotional intelligence, and I think I had to get to a place, see, where I stopped comparing myself and my brilliance with other people's brilliance. There were some things I had to heal from, see, I had to heal from the fact that my biological father wasn't in my life, and and, 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 and I had to see it, see, as yo, that God allowed that to happen. Do you understand when I go and speak that I understand people that most people don't understand? I understand what it's like to be a high school dropout. I understand what it takes, you know, to get past, you know, why wasn't my father in my life? I understand You know what it means when you feel like why did my mom not tell me who my real father was like why did my mom keep that well because she was a young person feeling like that's not the best environment so whatever so see I had to take what I once thought was ugly and ashes and, and, and despicable and embarrassing and I had to see like yo E this is what shaped your life it's what made you who you are. And so I think it's just turning stuff around. See, it's not seeing the coal, it's seeing the diamond. You you know what I'm saying? It's not looking at pressure in a bad way or heat in a bad way or getting cut in a bad way. It's seeing it as this is the process of a diamond, you know. So I think I'm so confident now because I'm not focused on all the insecurities. My father wasn't in my life. What does that mean about me? Am I ugly? Am I not desirable? Am I not? No, I, I can't get all A's in school. No, you're not an intellect. But guess what? See, once I realize that I don't have phenomenal skill, I embrace the fact, see, that I got phenomenal will. And it's some stuff that a dude that can get all A's can uh, that do that. That he can't come in my world and survive an abandoned building. He can't eat out of trash cans, see, and still survive and become what I've become. So, so for me, confidence is turning all that negativity, all of that what I thought was 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 terrible, and turning that that test into a testimony, that mess into a message, turning it into a book. And two, we've created a business from this, man. We've changed other people's lives as a result of this. So for me, that's what confidence is. Giving up all the insecurities, all the junk, all the mess, and allowing the real you to shine and to come forth.
1: Yeah, no, and I think you're kind of hitting on, you know, the Howard Gardner Gardner theory of multiple intelligence. And you're right, you know, we all have a genius within us. And, you know, I love that theory because it basically says there's more than one type of intelligence. And sometimes we get caught up on, you know, book smart or, you know, the ones that, you know, kind of look sexy and forget that there's many different types of geniuses. And I guess Carl and and Josh, you can kind of answer this as well. But like how much of confidence or lack thereof, especially now with Facebook and Instagram and like do you think is like you you know people comparing themselves to like what they see and it's crazy because when you go online like the, the the ridiculous thing about being online is like you only see the absolute best of everybody you know what I mean like if somebody posts a picture. Of, you know they family yeah, and they smile and they got the wife and two kids and it's like oh my god the perfect ep-. Like you you just seeing the perfect and so then you look at your life and go man Me and my spouse kind of having some challenges and it almost makes you feel worse about your life Or if you see you know for, for young ladies, I can't even imagine you know God bless E and, and and Josh who both got daughters who are entering that realm of like body image and stuff like that and I'm like yo y'all looking at like what you looking at is fake first of all and then you comparing yourself to something that's fake and i can imagine what that does for confidence so how much do you guys think like the compare and contrast boy and not just for, i'm not talking about 17 year old girls i'm talking about a grown man who might be looking at somebody's facebook and be like man him and this girl got it going on financially they look like they doing their thing and then it starts to hurt your confidence and now you're losing almost becomes a self-fulfilling i'm gonna go like
2: 100 transparency i moved here from Barbados now understand what I'm telling y'all I moved from a different country a different culture a different code let me just be point blank different tv shows so when I get here and I'm trying to fit into what's going on I promise you guys I ain't had no confidence now I I knew that I was a smart kid don't get me wrong like I didn't think I was stupid I didn't think I was dumb I had two parents like I had a decent you know upbringing all that but when it came to like Getting along with people and fitting in like there's something at the back of my, of my mind like yo, I got an accent You know, yo, I talk a little different from some of these people and it was real like I'm not I'm not gonna minimize it It was real to, to this day I think some of that is how you know and this is us internally why it took me so long EC to, to stop working and, and become more of a like yo, let's organize let's think let's create because the work thing You can't judge my work on my accent you know what i'm saying you can't judge tgim or that i come from a different country you can't judge that so i put all my effort into making sure that stuff was fire so that now you like it's almost like now they got to look at me on a different playing field now like i got something they got to see me as and i was just reading see literally on the flight to atlanta i was reading your book uh gary keller um the one thing and literally as i'm sitting here i changed the quote he had a quote in the book saying that you don't rise to the level of your expectations you fall to the level of your preparation, but I just changed the end of his quote to say, "We don't rise to the level of our expe- expectations; we fall to the level of how much we embrace who we are," and th- I think that's what he's hitting at. If the the more you can embrace who you are, your experience, everything about you, the, like that's when you can be confident. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you, that's who you are. It's all your essence. It's everything you are. Me being able to think how I am is a result of having my dad and my mom, my dad teaching science, my mother teaching elementary school, Um, you know what I'm saying? Me coming from another island, me having, you know what I'm saying, leaving home at 50, like all of that is who, 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 who did TGIM, if that makes sense. All of that is who's helping come Mm -hmm. up with the stuff for BU. All of that is who I am. So I can't operate until Mm -hmm. I fully accept who that is. Like you said, the, the homelessness, all of that comes into who you are. Like you cannot be. Like fully confident until you really understand who you are, your history, everything ties into it, good or bad, and that's why I need people to understand good or bad. It's all of it that makes you who you are, and you got to be able to use that. Here's the key key: you got to be able to use that to do to operate in your gift. You use that to operate in your gift. They're not separate. You use who you are, your experiences, what you're to operate in your gift. That's why TGM is the way it is. That's why everything that we do is the way it is. Because it, that's why we're such a people-oriented brand. Because none of us ain't got no, we ain't come from no, you know, super high, uh, big, f- whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's who you are. and the more you accept that, that's how you could be confident.
3: Yeah, and I think for me, it, it um, you know, it's a dangerous time right now when it comes to social media because not only do people compare. To other people I think even more dangerously people believe what they put on Instagram or Facebook mm, about themselves that's real. I and know. so I, I think people put a, a day out there they put a picture out there and as long as it gets a hundred plus likes then then that day they feel good about themselves so what happens on the day they get ten likes they all of a sudden feel like a failure you know there's um, you know I think everyone everyone on this call has seen the movie and and most of the listeners probably have but there's a there's a scene in American Gangster where Denzel or, or Frank Lucas is talking to his little little brother, or I can't remember, cousin, who shows up in a big fur coat, and he grabs him and says, remember, the loudest in the room is the weakest in the room. And it's, it's, one of my, it's one of my favorite quotes because to E's point, E, when he gets in a room, when he gets on stage, he's the loudest, but he's usually the quietest in the room. And people probably don't realize that E is scanning the room. E is reading people. E is getting in his zone his emo- emotional intelligence is so high. And, you know, I believe I've been gifted with that. And that's why in a, in a business setting and in certain settings, I can see what's going on. That was my gift. But to get up there and blaze the mic like he does, that's not my gift. Not that, I, not, not that hmm. I don't like to do it, but my gift is I have a high emotional intelligence. I can read the room. I don't need to be loud. And usually when I meet loud people, I see right through them because of my gift. And one of my gifts is seeing through those loud people. So I believe usually loud people, loud posters—if you're talking social um, media—those people are are tricking themselves, and they're actually setting themselves up for a really hard fall down the road when they don't get the likes they want. And and you know if the likes you get can ruin a day, you've really got to check yourself.
1: Let me ask you a question, Josh. Your kids, uh, uh, Bear is what ten, and and Huddy's eight. Is it at the ten and eight, or eleven? When and I know they neither one have a phone yet or anything you you're you're pretty you know conservative with that they don't bear doesn't have a cell phone yet does she or does she okay and you said obviously then she doesn't have Instagram or anything like that when at what point do you think. And I'm just curious, like, do you think you'll allow her to, you know, start dabbling in the social media realm?
3: You know, that's, man, this is a conversation that is literally a daily conversation right now. And
1: you know what's crazy? And I don't mean to interrupt you. Hold your thought right there. I, t- I just, who was, we was it? We were just talking the other day. Like, there's no blueprint for this. Like, I feel sorry. I'm glad, like, Carl and I are lucky. We get to watch y'all go through it. Somebody going to write a <laughs> book on how to pair. But I'm like, yo, y'all are dead smack in the middle of Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like this thing just came out of nowhere. And there's no real advice for like the perfect way to do it because it's so new. So I'm like, shoot, at least by the time our kids curl, I hope I mean, it'll be something else then, right? But we'll at least have some, uh, uh, you know, some idea how to deal with this social media. Like my parents never had to deal with anything like this. So sorry, Josh, but yeah, what 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 are you thinking? What are you and Heather talking about as it relates to you know, Bear and and her getting online.
3: Yeah, not only social media, she doesn't have her own cell phone yet. She doesn't have...
1: Which is pretty late too, right? Because I know kids now they got cell phones are like six,
2: seven years old. no question.
3: Most of her friends have cell phones. And we've made a decision um, as of today. And I say as of today because, you know, we talk about this every day. But we made a decision that we're going to kind of ease in the technology. So she's about to get a smart watch, not an Apple watch, but a watch that we can send her messages and she can send back you know, ten phrases, and it's a GPS tracker, and and then we'll ease her into the phone, and we're gonna hold off as long as we can because uh, we can't ever get that that back if we start her too early. And I'm not saying start too early like it's gonna ruin her, but she's really not missing anything by not doing that. There's nothing that's that's causing her to get delayed in her social or academic progression um, by not doing social media right now. So you know, we're we're just hoping we can put it off as long as we can, and and that's our. That's what we've talked about. Heather and I have talked about doing, and and I don't want her, I don't want her, you know, drinking from from a garden hose when it comes to learning about the world. I want to be able to give it to her in doses, and social media doesn't give you that That's opportunity. That's a
1: great point, e, do You even do you talk to your kids about social media? Do you have those?
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We've had that conversation for years. One of the things I've said, Josh, uh, is first of all, your Contrary to popular belief, your public life does not have to be as public as everybody else's. And your private life doesn't have to be public at all. You know, I let my kids know that. There, there are some things that you do, if you're at a party, nobody needs to know you're at the party. You know, and, I, and, I, and I'm asking um, them all the time, Josh, this friend stuff, who is your real friend on here anyway? And, if, and I said it last night at the Success Series, you got people who breaking up with their boyfriend, why, why are you on social media breaking up with him? Call him. Te- uh, text him. Why, why do I have to know y'all breaking up, Josh? Why, why do 5,000 people have to know that you're going off right, on my man? Right. And then I've had people go off on people, Josh, and I've said to them, sweetheart or young man, I'm sorry, I can't hire you. I saw your little Facebook stuff, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But one, I'm not trying to bring that spirit into my workplace. Number two, I have a brand. And, that, and that's not the brand right there. And so I don't care what you do. So I tell people, you gotta be careful because everything you do in your private life, it doesn't need to be made public. So my children are very clear on, um, yes, have a social media. But I, I told my son, Josh, from day one, somebody's gonna hire you one day. Your social media page should tell me what you do professionally. That here's right, here's right. free advertisement. Right. Online resume. Know. It's an online resume. See, I should know that you're a general manager. I should know when Michigan State is going to the, I should know who <laughs> Tom Tom is. I should see you with Coach Izzo. I should see you when you're on the road um um uh, making certain decisions for the team you're picking up food you're organizing certain i should see that take your picture when you're at the job you you, you in the big 10 tournament and you sit next to coach izzo and you guys are discussing it you with coach og and you guys are discuss. take when you like that's the stuff i should see and perhaps if you want to show a little bit of your social life perhaps and watch this josh I've never policed my son. I've educated him so I don't have to police him. And there are too many people out here that we're having to police. Hey, kids remember we had to educate Bug e, who
1: was in New York. Bug was like, oh, don't worry about Snapchat and delete after 24 hours. Oh. Yo, me and I E said, was like, Boog, let me have a conversation with you about how the world works. But but I, I, like literally at that time, this was a few years ago, when Snapchat first came out, I think, but like me and E were trying to tell him, like, Bull. He like, no, nah, you can see if somebody uh, screenshot you. I said, well, doggone it, what if somebody else pull out their phone and record another phone recording your Snapchat? He was like, oh, I ain't think about it. I'm like, bruh, but like these kids, like, they believe what they're told because they're growing up in the world, so they ain't told them Snapchat disappeared after 24 hours, so you got kids on there and thinking it'll never be shown again and I'm like, where you think all of them snaps going? Like, you think they not storing them in a vault somewhere? Like, so yeah, no, nah, e, you you right, we did have to educate you know, Boog, I remember that. I mean, it's a constant education for you, but, like, it is something where you don't want to have to police it. But I'm, like, I'm policing. Flat out, I'm educating and policing. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I'm already knowing. Like, I'm not, I, I can't even, because there's so many pressures. Like, yo, I don't know if y'all seen it, but, like, me and my wife would watch like, um, you know, the nightly news, like, here in Atlanta and stuff like that. Do you know how much like uh uh like the the sexting thing and like you know like people sending pictures, people getting expelled from school? I'm talking about you talking about middle school. It's crazy. So yeah, no, I'm gonna be doing some educating and some policing around here. Yeah, hey, it's playing it's playing for keeps now, man. It
2: ain't it ain't the same mistakes you had. I read a thing. <laughs> Uh, last week it was talking about the difference between growing up in the fifties, sixties, seventies and now and it was hilarious. Like it just had like I mean some little quotes, but it was like, yo, we didn't share our emotions via emoticons. You know what I'm saying? We didn't share uh, right. we had friends that we actually played with outside. You know what I'm saying? It's right. just different now, man. The world playing for keeps. You can't yeah, you got a police see, I'm with you.
1: Yeah, I see. I love I love them low, I love them little coffee shops to say, uh, we don't have Wi-Fi, pretend it's nineteen eighty five and talk to each
3: other. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> they actually talk, yeah. You know, you went outside and just burned the Oh, uh, True. Now now, true. now, now it lives forever. It's somewhere.
1: Right. And that's another thing, too. You, you're right. And you think about stuff living forever. E, we talked about it like you ain't got to be, you know, uh, putting it on social media, what you do everywhere, da, da, da. But like, yo, you could be at a party and somebody else got their social media, Facebook live oh, streaming. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you at that joint and doing something you ain't got no business doing. Now, you done got caught up, even though you was smart enough not to put it on your own stuff. Somebody else got you on there. I mean, come on, man. I'm looking at these people now, like, yo, you. We live in a world where you cannot do anything. Like, I'm, I'm so, like, I'm looking at Ezekiel Elliott. I'm, matter of fact, gazelle of the week, Ezekiel Elliott. Like, what are you doing? I don't, did y'all see that yesterday or? Uh-uh. I, see I ain't see So it, he's yeah. at a parade, and and y'all had to look it up, but he's at a parade, and you know he's like hanging out St. Patrick's Day parade in Dallas or whatever. He, there's a young lady standing next to him, he reaches over, grabs her, like, you know, strap of her, you know, spaghetti strap of her tank top or whatever, and pulls it down, like, and literally makes her, like, flash the crowd, and she like, oh, my goodness, you know what I'm saying, pulls it back up. He just reaches over and basically just exposes, you know, her or whatever, and I'm like, bro, what are you doing? They caught it on camera, TMZ caught it, now it's all over the world. You know, it's a video of him just reaching over, and you know now you know what they're saying now. And I guess the young lady was like, "Oh, it's not that big a deal, whatever." But I'm like, "Come on, man! Like, you are you that dumb that you don't know everything is on camera? Not to mention, you're the most popular guy in the room, for sure. All the cameras is on you. But I'm like, and I'm not saying do it. Obviously, don't ever do that. You know, in life, period. But but you are dumb enough, and I'm saying, come on, man, you, you, like, in your early 20s, you in the NFL, you done went through countless numbers of workshops where them telling you about this kind of stuff. And And,
0: in trouble, see? And 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 you you're
1: are right, And you just had a little assault thing, and I'm like, and I'm not saying any of, you know, that just makes you the world's worst person. Like, you know, obviously, you know, I think he got off of the assault chart, whatever, but I'm saying, why would you want to bring that kind of negativity? Like, you're not even thinking, kid. So I'm like, I'm looking at that yesterday, like, yo, you just don't get it. But I'm saying, these young people... I don't know if they don't understand everything. You're under constant surveillance. Everything you do is under surveillance. So you need to act accordingly. And sometimes I think they just get lost in the sauce, which is why you worry about your kids. You had a party, you got peer pressure going on, you got all this stuff, and now all of a sudden you done did something a little loose and it's all over the internet for the world to see.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. And then, you know, my big thing, see, is there are certain things that you can't take back. And I think... Carl used the term earlier, you know, it's for keeps. And when we played marbles as a kid, you know, some of them were for funsies and some were for keeps. But even in playing that game, I kind of think it spilled over to life because we understood that you know there's some things that these guys are doing in my neighborhood, it's taking them to prison, see. And there are other things that other kids are doing, they're in the grave. Like, I remember kids skipping school, you know, and getting, being at the wrong place at the wrong time and being shot and killed. I remember people going to jail and they were just, they just happened to be with the wrong person at the wrong time. And I just think some of our, our kids are so naive. And it's another thing um, Mr. Ball said that I thought was you know, for real, man, I was just like, yep, that is so true. But somebody said to him, or the, uh, the gentleman asked him, he said, why are you so aggressive and your son is so like nice and laid back? Oh, they're super laid back. He said, because my, my son grew up uh, whatever it was, Gina, Gino Hills or something, he was like they grew up in the suburbs. Yeah, so, so he was like, of course they 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 chill. Of course they had two a a a house, you know, their own room, a playroom. You know what I'm saying? A swimming pool, whatever. <laughs> right, you know what I'm right. saying? Like they grew, they grew up in an environment where they didn't have to necessarily deal with some of the challenges I have to deal with, and that's what's scary to me. See, if social media was just uh, 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 like okay, Josh your 10 year old girl? like Josh, if social media was just banned, all 10 year olds are on there with other 10 year olds and 11 year olds, maybe so. If my daughter, if all 19 year olds was on there with 19 and 20 year olds, but Josh, you got, you got a my daughter 18, 19. you got pedophiles on there. you got you got people on there who are who are evil, you know and and, 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 and so, so you, you're on. With, with people from all over the world, Josh, and some people mean you well, some people don't mean you well, like, yo, it's just, it's, 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 they're naive to believe that everybody that's on there is like them, Josh. And I think when we grew up, see, I think, you know, see, in, in, in terms of where we grew up, see, you know, even though we didn't grow up in the same era, where we grew up, see, it was built in that, yo, Everybody, like, you can't, you know what I'm saying, like, you can't put your guard down, see, with everybody. You can't have a certain discussion around everybody. There are certain things you could do publicly, see. There are certain things you do privately. And I think with this generation, unfortunately, with social media, see, it's just gotten to the point where everything is public. There are very few things that are private now, see.
2: I just CJ, literally, as we were, as we were speaking, I'm just online, I'm looking, and they said, I just found an article that says you're in camera, and average of 75 times a day 75 times a day that's like gas stations traffic cameras toll cameras public transport coffee shops parking garages lobbies elevators in the office restaurants pharmacies convenience stores grocery stores retail stores the bank the post office the gym 75 times a day on average it's crazy insane
1: and, and, you know, people do, man, it's crazy. People uh, in the gym doing selfies. I'm like, you in the locker room, yeah, like, you're doing a selfie. Yeah. Somebody behind you might be nude. Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Just not thinking. But, yeah, no, man, I, uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys, you know, uh, you know, Kind of are going through that, you know, as parents. So Carl and I can then get the information from you. So let us know how that works out, fellas. We we need we need the advice. You know what I'm saying? So uh, real quick, just to put a bow in it, because we kind of went left from the confidence thing. Like just we talked about a few things that cause a lack of confidence, but just give us a few things, you know, that we can give to the people out there who say, man, I do lack confidence in some area or another. Um, You know, just start working on that. Like to begin, you know, I know you're big on, you know, getting the reps in and putting those mental reps in. What can somebody who's not confident or hasn't been confident um, start to do? And not a false confidence, right? You see those people who walk around like, kind of like Josh said, oh, they're the biggest, brashest, loudest person in the world. But yet, you know, uh, inside, they're not Remotely confident, but but to become a confident person, e, what are some of the things they can start doing immediately?
0: Man, immediately, see you can get around people who you admire that have confidence, you know. And and and, and two things: one, observe, you know. And I tell people this all the time. L- look, guys, don't just don't admire something about somebody. Not admire it and do it because you're gonna get the outcomes that they give. You know, just case in point, you know, um, I'm around Josh and Josh, you know, is a healthy tipper. I can't look at Josh and be like, wow, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty dope, you know, quality that Josh has there. But then I'm still cheap, Josh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I see Josh and I admire that like, yo, Josh is generous. Then I have to get to a point where I say, you know what? In my own space, I can't be Josh, but in my own space, let me be generous too. So get around people who exude confidence. Like C said, like real genuine confidence. Let me tell you, man, I was with, with Ink this week, man. Of course, we, you know, we spoke together around Inky, and let me tell you, C, I think Inky is one of the best speakers, absolutely, but that's not what, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not my thing. Inky spoke to a group of young men who were from um, a substance abuse program and I think that these gentlemen are, you know, like almost in like a resident type situation. So these are not people who, you know, are at home and they go to work and they go to a program. Like they, they are, you know, at a point where they had to be at a resident and kind of get their life back in order. Enke walks up to them before he speaks and says, I just want to first and foremost say what, a, what an honor and a privilege it is. To have the opportunity to stand before a group of people who didn't give up on themselves and who didn't give up on life and see man i'm just like yo i gotta be around this kind of dude right here i just want to be around him because you know what happens when you're around a person like that they instantly make you feel better they instantly pour into you and when you start hanging around cocky people arrogant people what they will do like c said because they really don't have any confidence they're gonna to try to drag you down, you know, they're gonna try to belittle you, they're gonna try to, you know, make fun of you, but when you're around confident people, they don't have a need to tear you down, they, they, they pull you up. So immediately, get around people who are confident, get around people who love themselves, because they're gonna love you, because if you don't love yourself, then you can't love me. Look, operating your gift, go use your gift. You heard what Carl said, the videos, you, you know, that whatever work he could do, he be, his confidence began to grow because he was able to add value. He was able to contribute to a society that he valued, wanted to be around. Stop being a taker. Get in an environment and start using your gifts. And you're like, okay, I don't know what to do. Just do something, get a card. Start with a Wal- uh, Go to Walmart and start with a, um, uh, uh, a greeting card. And I don't have no money. Write something meaningful in that thing. Put a poem or a motivational presentation or something. You know, so those are the two things. And then I would, I would do a lot of reading. See, I don't know what it is about reading, but reading gives you an opportunity to do some self-reflection. And so I would suggest, uh, if you have an issue with self-confidence, maybe pick up a book. And not just an audio book, like a literal book. Sit down, kind of, you know, flip those pages old school way and just start reading. I have read some books, some biographies of people you know, who changed their lives, who went through some very traumatic experiences and overcame, and I picked up principles from reading. So those would be the three things that, you know, I would say, see, or the three things that, you know, just immediately when you say what you, the question you asked me, they just kind of come to my mind. They kind of pop out.
1: Yep, love it, man. I appreciate that. And, you know, for real, we are, Uh, confident in what we repeatedly do so if you're not confident man just keep putting that work in you know what I mean like if you're not confident in business if you're not confident in anything you know we said it you know before he kind of and I kind of came up with that you know as it relates to entrepreneurs and things like that there's no such thing as a confident person you know what I mean like he looks real confident when he's got the mic in his hand you know, maybe not so much if he was taking a statistics exam, right? Because he doesn't do that on a regular. He speaks every day. So we are confident in what we repeatedly do. Um, let's make a jump, man. Let's make this shift into a, a brand new segment. We're going to be debuting a new segment since we do have Josh uh, with us every blue moon. Man, we want to um, come up with a new segment, you know, that allows entrepreneurs and business people alike to to pick our resident uh, Einstein, our business, Einstein's brain, man. So this new segment is called Hatches Huddle. All right, and it's brought to you by BreatheUniversity.com. Make sure you go to BreatheUniversity.com. Check us out. We got our, we are smack dead in the middle of getting our bracket challenge underway. Of course, I'm going <laughs> to win the bracket challenge. Um, you know, I thought about taking Michigan State all the way to the national championship, but, but, but my pride in terms of wanting to actually win it um got in the way so uh we got a bracket challenge coming up that's going to be incredible um, but join breathe university uh man go go to the website breatheuniversity.com doing some amazing amazing things um and so we want you guys to check that out uh hatch are you ready my friend for your debut this has got to be good now because we're replacing ask et with Hatch Tuttle. so you got to be able to lick these questions we've solicited some questions from from the people in the uh, Breathe University community that sent, sent it over to Josh. Uh, they were excited about him being on here. They know what a value he can be. But uh, John in Illinois, first question wants to know, do you think anyone can be a successful entrepreneur?
3: Oh, that's a question I get asked all the time, See, is is, uh, is uh, what does it take to become a successful entrepreneur? And the honest answer is, or who, who can become a successful entrepreneur? And the answer is, I don't know, you know. I don't know, hmm. the answer is, the answer, a short answer would be yes, but I don't know enough about, about everybody to give a blanket statement. What I do know is there's some traits that are needed to be a great entrepreneur. You, you, you have to have the ability to take risks. You know, I've seen people that are extroverts and introverts be successful. I've seen people that are good leaders and actually bad leaders that have been able to find some success in entrepreneurs. Um, but, but the one trait that I've seen in almost every entrepreneur, um, they can articulate a vision, so they can articulate a vision, and then execute that vision. And, and in almost all cases, m- entrepreneurs that are successful, they are positive, they're enthusiastic, and they're tough.
1: Hmm, I love it. Maria um, says, hey Josh, I'm starting my catering business. What advice would you give to someone who is starting their very first business?
3: Yeah, if I have blanket advice for people that start their, start their very first business. It will take three times as long, to get going and three times as much capital as you think. And if you're okay with that, then get into business for yourself. If you're not, then don't. You said it will take three times as much capital as we think, what, to get started? Yep, to get started. So if you think it's going to take $10, it'll take 30 And that's And the reason why is because, not that you need more money, because it takes longer than what you think. It's going to take longer, which in turn means you're not going to be making money um, as fast as you usually think, the business world—it's—it's—it's—it um, can be tricky. And so, what I see most people that start a business when it doesn't work out see is they just don't allow themselves the time to actually see it through.
1: Hmm, that's a good point, um, Kevin in Michigan. Josh wants to know: uh, Would you say strategy or culture is most important when building your company?
3: So I think I think culture trump strategy. Um, all the time with a caveat. At the beginning, culture is almost everything. You get together with your team, you're excited, you're gonna run through brick walls together and, um, and you're gonna get this company off the ground. So it doesn't really matter. It, it, you have to have a decent strategy, but hell or high water, you're gonna go get this company off the ground. But at a certain point, when a company gets to a certain point and there is something to lose, there is enough money in place and you want to grow and grow smart strategy has to play a role. So I will say culture trumps strategy, but as the company gets to a certain size, you better put a good strategy around it.
1: No doubt. E, what do you think about that? I'm curious to hear what you think, because I know um, Josh's opinion on that, but you're, you're a big culture guy. What do you think uh, in terms of strategy and culture in terms of, how, I guess, how we've built this company and what you see it as?
0: Uh, man, what Josh said was phenomenal. You know, um, that's I'm why it's hatches huddle. It. You know what I'm saying? Right.
1: right that's why it's right, right. hatches huddle. <laughs>
0: right. Phenomenal, Josh, you know, um, and I'm going to say, you know, as somebody, you know, who's in the huddle, you know, and getting an opportunity to think about some of these things that I'm just going to be real, Josh, we never thought about when we got started, you, you know what I'm saying? Like we didn't, nobody told us strategy or culture we were kind of making our move. And I, and I can I, We went I can straight culture honestly, for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about yeah, straight no, culture. No, we did. Oh, this and, was and, a and mom and pop,
1: you. you know what I'm saying? Macaroni yep. on Saturdays only, you yep. know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, but I, I will say this, Josh. I think what we did was genius, not knowing, because like you said, the strategy can change. But I think we survived because we created a culture. And, that, and in creating the culture, Josh, I think what happened for us early, we were able to determine our identity. You, you know what I'm saying, Josh? We kind of knew, oh, this is who we are. You, you know, just like uh, uh, if you look at, you know, like the Chicago Bulls with, you know, Phil Jackson, the identity was a triangle. You know, you, the run and shoot and some football. Like we looked at our brand and was like, yo, this is our identity. We, we, there was a lot we saw about ourselves it was like our DNA Josh and so I'm just saying to your point Josh I think our strategy has changed from three months ago Josh when you came on board and I, and I think since you've been on board and you've been able to implement some of the business um, ideas to us and get us to understand business from a different mindset the strategy has changed and will continue to change but one of the things that's strong is our culture so I do want to say to those of you out there yeah, you might be able to make good money and you may be able to have some success, but I just don't think, Josh, you can have lasting success when you don't know your identity. And for me, identity emerges out of one's culture.
1: Um, that, Yeah, great, great insight, E. Uh, last one, let's see. I want to make it a good one. This one is, is pretty... Uh... It's pretty deep. Rick in Denver said, I started a company with my good friend. He's a great guy and never done anything wrong per se, but he has, it does seem like he's lost his fire over the past year or so. And I think it may be time to leave him. How do you know when it's time to leave a business partner? And do you think there's any way to preserve our friendship if we do lose the business relationship? No. You know what I'm saying? I like to give you a sweet answer, Rick. Like, oh, for sure, he' gonna be pissed. Yeah, you know what
3: yeah. He's he's out of the huddle. He's out of the huddle.
1: Now. Oh, he's out, I'm talking about all the way out the huddle.
3: So you know, that's all, um, man. That that that's a long answer, and I won't be able to get to it all right here. Um, I've I've been through the situation. I've watched the situation. You know who you start with in business. Look, when you get around a, a table with your boys. And you talk about uh, business and, and really all you're doing is, is sitting out a room and, and selling each other on hopium, right? You're just, you're just sitting there just saying, this is what it should look like. The truth is, in business, you have to be able to pivot. You have to be able to be flexible. And in and, and many regards, business partnerships are harder than a marriage. They're harder than a marriage. And so people think a business partnership is just something one day you wake up and go, This isn't working out. Yep, high five.
1: No grown man gifts in a business partnership,
3: John. <laughs> you know what I'm
1: saying? Way harder. So,
3: what you need to do is you need to sit down and have an honest conversation. With each other, and um, and usually the longer you go without having that conversation, if he is not engaged the way he needs to be, or you're not engaged the way you mm-hmm. need to be, the, the harder that conversation is going to be. Maybe maybe he just needs his fire lit a little bit. Maybe he has just lost it for a second. Life is a long time. Life is a bunch of many lives. Maybe he's going through some stuff. Um, but if he has just lost his fire and he's not as committed to the business, you guys need to have a conversation. And there's usually two things that happen. You usually end up breaking up and you have to your business is gonna take a hit for a minute because both of you aren't in the business and you have to unwind some things. Um or or you shut down that business and you start again. And those are both hard situations. And so pick your business partners wisely at the start.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's crucial, man. It's like like you said, you compare it to a marriage. Shoot, I don't know too many people who get divorced and they just best friends. You know what I'm saying? So if it is like a marriage, then uh, it's going to be tough, man. But, you know, you're right. And, you know, maybe if he's lost his fire, he's ready to move on anyway. Right. Maybe he's looking for you to kind of give him an out, you know, and that'd be obviously that'd be ideal. But who knows? Um, what did I miss? Did I miss anything, Carl? E, did I miss anything for we Oh, E, you uh, getting ready leaving, leaving us tonight. Man, he's 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 going off to Dubai. I'm trying to figure I still don't really understand how I didn't get invited on the trip. Um, To Dubai, like I wanted to go to Dubai, Um, but you're leaving in a couple hours for Dubai. What, ten
0: days? How you feeling about that, man? You uh, I got mixed emotions. Yeah, I got mixed mixed emotions. I do. I uh, we normally take a trip together. You know what I'm saying? We don't really do a lot of trips on the solo, but uh, I didn't quarterback this one. You know what I'm saying? I didn't quarterback this one, so I I don't have a whole lot to do with it. I will say this, man. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to unwind, to unplug for ten days. See, it's gonna be a challenge. I, look, so much so that this is what I did. I did not work out yesterday, and the day before my knee was. Um, I think that treadmill. See, got to me a little bit. Oh, but my knee. Uh, yeah, my knee, my my right knee was just a little ginger. My, my right knee. had put. Uh, 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 it wasn't tender, it was ginger. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, what's his name, Willie Mo Jr. said, E, ice her up all day and so she felt good yesterday but I said, you know what, like just chill, E, go in chill mode, like just, just get started. You know, I got some Uno cards, you know, went got a couple of little um, snacks, you know, got a couple of little, um, you know, little videos, man, and just like, you know what, E, you know, just, you know, just chill out, man. So it's, I'm, I'm being real. I, I don't know that if I've ever done, you know, just ten day vacation where we didn't have so speaking if on the come beginning, back on Looking the end. like a little roly poly. You know. Uh, ah yeah. yeah. It's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough.
3: I said we're gonna see E in six days. <laughs> right, E might yeah. cut, that, <laughs> right. Right. Um, cut that chunk. <laughs> in half.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come back looking
1: like a little uh Pillsbury Doughboy. We know you've just been <laughs> man, over in be Dubai tough. eating snacks and not I'm working out.
0: About, uh, I'm talking about it. it's going, and you know my girl, man. She be D B It ain't fair, see. Yeah, I promise you, it ain't fair, see. Let's come up with it. It ain't fair segment, right? Mm, it ain't so, fair. Hmm, I'm in on so, this. You know, I got a whole laundry list, <laughs> man. <laughs> so you know, and fair. I ain't mad at D. I ain't mad at D. 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 More on the, you know, the the diet part. Like let's, you know, diet. I, not into dieting, bro. That's just not my (laughs) strength, you know. So, what I try to do is just say, Josh, what I'm gonna do is, like, we're gonna count the calories and we're gonna work them off. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's just my thing. Like, I'm gonna, if it's 2,000 calories, I'm gonna eat 2,000 calories and we're gonna make it happen. So, you know, that means, Josh, that I do. It's a lifestyle for me. So, I do work out in the morning. I got a little 30-minute thing I do in the afternoon when she get home. And then at night, I got a little 20-30 minute boy, right? And so, D, like, the other day, you it it, it it it's an obsession. You work out too much. I'm like, you don't work out at all. You
3: know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't
0: work out right. at all. Shot, you know, shots so I'm like, fired. I'm like, what am I supposed bah. to do? You know what I'm saying? So, um, so you know, see how it goes. Did you just I say your wife was
1: obsessed it. with not working out?
0: <laughs> no, careful I didn't say now. that. Hey, I said, got she said, "I said now. she said she Uh-oh. that Uh-oh. I was obsessed. Uh-oh. I never said nothing about what she does or doesn't do. Okay. I just you said, you said she, okay. she likes to diet. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not into that. She like, let's not eat this and let's not eat that. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I can't do that. I rather the rest eat, of a, my eat life. an
1: ice cream sandwich and get on the treadmill.
0: Man, I promise. So, 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 what what I had to do see of late is for real. I've had to." try to get it in in the morning when she at work I kinda like back it off or whatever. So, but here's the trick, see, we together now, 24 hours, 10 days. So, you know what I'm saying? So see, I, I'm like, yo, where am I gonna, where buy- gonna find- Where that time? <laughs> where am I gonna find the time? Oh. You know, so, but I'm gonna be oh, strategic. Lord. Yeah, I'm gonna be strategic. You know, Did we say know, why like you're said- going to
1: Dubai? Can we officially say that or no?
0: Oh yeah, you can officially say it, yeah. I, did, so I mean, you. did we?
1: I mean, I don't wanna, I, we, we talk so much on here. But uh, Didi uh turned in her letter of re- resignation and is officially done with work. She retired, and uh, E has been waiting on this moment pretty much the last 15 years. And I guess now it's, it's done. And so he's taking her to Dubai. I still feel like, you know, I was an instrumental part of helping this process and don't understand quite why I'm not on the trip. I'm going to work on him while you go. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'm going to get see some counseling but when you're gone. Shout out to Carl. Oh. Hey. Shock, man, let me say this, and this is all uh, way off, but I, I don't know if you were done, E, but I got to say this. Lion of the I'll week. I'll come back. Ezekiel Elliott gets Gazelle of the week, but Carl and his family get Lion of the week because Let's Avery go. had a um, Avery had an ear infection, right? And we went to the doctor, and I told you, she been fuzzy. Like, she still ain't been right since we took her in last time. So we went back, and we like, all right, don't tell her she ain't got nothing. She pulling on her ears, whatever. So the doctor yesterday was like, yep, she got an ear infection. So Carl hit me on the way to the doctor's office, was like, hey, if, if it's an ear infection, let me know. Don't take any antibiotics. So I'm like, all right, cool. So, of course, they said, yep, it's an ear infection. So Carl said, let me get you the you know recipe or whatever. So he told me, get some sesame seed oil and some garlic. I'm like, all right, cool. Carl, I I'm not sure what this little Bayesian recipe is, <laughs> but I'm willing to, you know what I'm saying, my baby girl in pain, whatever. He like, I'm telling you. So Candace FaceTimed Tamisha. Tamisha walked her through the little recipe. I, we got the ear dropper out. And Carl, can you, you tell him the recipe real quick? What is it? It's so you, you heat ba- the- Basically,
2: yeah, you're just heating the, the garlic, and so you just kind of pound the, the garlic a little bit. You're not like crushing it up, but just pound it a little bit, and you're heating the garlic in the sesame seed oil, pretty much until it's burnt, literally until it's burnt. So you're just trying to basically get all them enzymes and stuff out of there. And garlic itself has some strong antibiotic properties. So it's getting into that oil. So you just cook it for a little bit. I'm talking about how long see? Um, it's a couple of minutes, right? It wasn't that long. No,
1: not long at all. And let me tell yeah. you something. We took, I waited for it to cool down or whatever. Candace took the dropper. I kind of held Avery on her side. And we put two drops in each ear. And I told Carl, I was like, yo, this is like magic. I mean, she went from like crying red. She you could tell she was lethargic. To she, we put it in. I think it was about two o'clock in the afternoon, and she did not pull or touch on her ears or fuss one time the rest of the doggone night, and she slept through the night. I was like, "Yo, Carl," and to me, I text Carl. I was like, "Yo, y'all need to bottle this up and sell it." And Carl was <laughs> like, "I ain't trying to get killed by the pharmaceutical companies. Come up right. missing, you know what I'm saying? Because the pharmaceutical companies that got put out of business because they little antibiotics is not necessary." But yeah, no, shout out to y'all, man, because Avery, I'm talking about, she was golden. So, I mean, we took her to school today, everything. So um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a peaceful night in the Quinney household, thanks to the Phillips family. So I appreciate yeah, that.
0: So, I, so see, I just wanted to say for real, just, I mean, because you brought it up, and I just want to make sure, you know, because, uh, you know, people hear us, see, you know, Josh, sometimes you say stuff, they hear you, but they don't hear you. You know, and I just want to make sure that I'm clear You know this this was perfect timing you know for my wife and you know she said I've been wanting this for 15 years absolutely but this is what's important allowing my wife to do what she felt she was called in you know and not being selfish you know and like yo why don't you quit you need to quit you know Um, but you know really giving her that time to leave on her terms and not making her feel guilty There are those of you who you're dealing with your spouse or your children. Like, look, I know that you think you know what's best for others, and you might know. But one of the things you cannot do when, when one is making a transition, you can't guilt people, you know, into transition. You can't bully people into transition. You can't take people hostage into transition. You really do have to let people do it on their terms, or else they'll do it under those circumstances but it won't flow freely. You guys, it won't be any synergy. You won't be on one accord. So understand, Didi loves her job, and all the fellas can contest. Didi didn't want to quit. You know what I'm saying? I think for Didi, it was more, it's time. You know, as much as I've been a blessing to this company and to the people that I serve, it's time for me to support my husband and and this company. Because just quite frankly, for those of you who've been to the... um, I do now what do I do? The, 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 the conference, it was so special because Candace was there, you know, Tamisha was there, Heather was there, Didi was there. And look, Didi hates getting on the mic, but when she gets on the mic, people are transformed, you know. And so Didi was like, hey, it's time. My husband needs me, this company needs me, you know, and she 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 probably wanted to do it in December or January. It took her forever. And then much respect to her supervisor, you know, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but much respect to her supervisor, you know, who, and for all those supervisors out there listening to me, Didi is one probably, if you were a supervisor, you, you, you value a Didi like I value a Carl, you know what I'm saying, Carl is a worker, Didi is a worker, like Didi ain't just coming up with ideas with you as a supervisor. She is executing on your ideas. You'll give Didi something to do, Didi is getting it done. But much respect to her supervisor because when Didi came to her and it hurt Didi, like, come on Carl, how many, how, how many uh, edits did Didi go through before we thought she had turned it in, come to find out Didi hadn't <laughs> even turned the doggone thing in. You, you know, so mad respect <laughs> he to like, her He was like, yo, it's done.
1: Wrap it up, done deal. We seen that letter sitting there two months later. He was like, "What in the world?"
0: Don, wrap it up. But but her supervisor said to her, "I knew this moment was coming, and you should have been, you should have done it a long, long time ago." You know. So shout out to her supervisor for not making her feel, you know, some type of way because Didi would have left, but felt like I abandoned her. You know what I'm saying? Like. I left her, you know what I'm saying? Our supervisor said, yo, for real, you should have you done this a long time ago. You know, so salute. And we have some people, see, that don't celebrate people, you know, that won't free people up, let people go. So I'm just saying to those of you out there, man, you have a spouse and you feel like you have an opportunity of a lifetime and why your spouse just can't get it, what's on their mind, what are they thinking about, they tearing up your life. They, no, relax. If you sweet, and the opportunity, as good as you say it is, it's gonna be there. And like C said, for real, him and Carl, they did put us in a position where we just didn't have one run. We turned this into a dynasty. So when she did decide to leave, the brand is probably in a much better place for her now than it was before. So instead of you getting on your spouse or your wife or your husband about quitting a job and coming on board, why don't you work on the brand and just make sure whenever they get there Whenever they come, if it's six months, a year, four years that when they do make that transition, they're coming into something healthy, wholesome, right? And next level.
2: I feel you, Ian. I'm nostalgic and all that with you. But, player, the next time I get Gazelle, I mean, Lion of the Week, though, don't just cut me off like that. <laughs> I just, I just felt like I wanted to sit in that a little longer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got Lion of the Week.
1: Lion like, of he the Week. You just cut it off, so I'm I, like, I was like, look, I want my full, full roar. Like yeah. <laughs> I need my I full like, roar. The whole
2: thing.
1: No so doubt. Now that's, all, we good. that's cute and all. Your wife finally <laughs> retired. <laughs> but the Phillips family was getting their praise. Oh, uh, no they doubt. Um, <laughs> uh, man. You feel me? No doubt, Carl. <laughs> hey, I didn't know where Carl was going, but that was funny. Um, <laughs> real quick, man, a couple of housekeeping notes. Um, Denver, April 1st. Thank God I'm married. I do now what do I do? The conference. We're coming to Denver, Colorado. Fly in if you I don't care where you at. Just come, man. It's, it's off the chain. Like I said, some of the funnest you know, conferences we've had. Um, just phenomenal with the wives being there, just the learning and the growth and, you know, the the funny stories and, you know, just the, the entire thing. So make sure you're there. Um, let's see. After that, what else? we got? Uh, oh, May 20 or I'm sorry, April 21st and 22nd, the P7 Dominate. Uh, we are training speakers for the first time ever. Come spend the weekend with us and learn how to better communicate to your audience, learn how to become a better public speaker, trainer. All of those things. P7D, Atlanta, Georgia, April 21st and 22nd. Um, At p7dominate.com
2: for more information. P7, p7dominate.com. Yep.
1: So come check us out there. It's phenomenal. We got you know quite a few people registered, and it's going to be uh, life-changing as always. And then we just added uh, Philadelphia for the Stay Ready. So all the fellas, Inky, Jeremy, Jers, uh, E, uh, Willie Mo Jr. Hosting. The, uh, just a star-studded lineup. We're coming to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, May 21st. Jump online now. Get your tickets. That's going to be incredible. Man, we had, I'm telling y'all, we, duh, I don't we even want to tell y'all what we had because I don't want to blow it. But, I mean, it was incredible, the energy that was in the room. I'm still getting text messages from all over, everybody telling me, You know, not only how great the messages were, but how great the environment and the show was. We had a blast in that thing. So looking forward to you guys coming out, uh, joining us, P7Dominate.com. For P7D, the rest of those you can find at etinspires.com backslash events. Also... Toby, our first artist, ETA Records, he dropped his mixtape, which you can find on ET Inspires as well right now, backslash albums, I believe. It's a free download, just an incredible project that he put together. So proud of him for getting that out. Go check that out as well. And then I think- In the
2: app as well. See, they can check it out in the app as well. In the app. Shame on you if you
1: haven't downloaded the app yet. Uh, man, go to the app store, download it. Just type in Eric Thomas. You'll see it. We got the app on there. All kind of exclusive audios. Um, you can get alerts from us, letting you know when we'll be in town, what we got going on, how you can be first to know about what we have going on. Um, and then also we're like 40 reviews shy of a thousand guys, please go on iTunes, man. Leave us a review. Let us know how you like the podcast, man. We do this for you guys every week. And uh, we, all we ask is that you go write us a review and let us know how you like it. Josh, appreciate you joining us, man. It was a blessing having you on here. Every time you come on, man, you shed so much light for us. And, you know, the nuggets are invaluable. So, thank you. E, give us a nugget of the day so I can get busy today. Also, you did, hold on, real quick. You did say that you would be on next week. You said, you vowed not to miss an episode of the podcast. So, next time y'all hear from E, he will be in Dubai uh, at some ridiculously five thousand, you know, story hotel room penthouse suite overlooking the ocean, while me and Carl in our basements doing the podcast. But he will be on the podcast <laughs> hey, next no week. No
0: question though. Yeah. Hey, no question though. You. Hey, we are here. I'm gonna have to talk to him offline, y'all. Let me <laughs> give y'all the nugget of the day. <laughs> hey, for real, for real, guys. Look, uh, be phenomenal. All right. Look, be phenomenal. I'm not gonna say the other part. Look, be phenomenal because when you're a phenomenal, I've been hearing a lot of people give me a lot of excuses. You know, a lot of people talking about barriers, you know, a lot of people, you know, talking about, um, you know, certain external circumstances that put them in a situation where they're not able to have or be or do what they want to be or do. And I just want to say, stop it. Look, stop it. Be phenomenal. The air is different up here, for real. I, look, no, 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 no disrespect. Be phenomenal. The air is different up here. Be phenomenal. The treatment is different up here. Be phenomenal. The payment is different up here, right? For real, stop being average. All these excuses, like talking all of this, uh, I don't want to hear it. It's not going to change anything. Be phenomenal. Again, hear me and hear me well. The air is different up here. Be phenomenal. The treatment is different up here. Listen to me. Be phenomenal. You hear me? Be phenomenal. Because if you're not phenomenal, you, you, you're going to be wishing and wanting and whining and complaining. So be phenomenal so you don't have to worry about being forgotten. So it's your boy. Greatness is in you. I'm not asking you to be phenomenal, you know, because I don't believe you can do it. Or I'm trying to sound cute. Like, no, you have what it takes. If you stop making all those excuses, if you, if you stop putting energy into all the negativity, You have what it takes to be phenomenal. So do it. Do it now. Listen to me. Do it now. Fix whatever needs to be fixed. Be phenomenal because the air, the lifestyle, the opportunities, the privilege is different. It is different when you're phenomenal versus when you're average.
1: Appreciate that nugget of the day. E, safe travels to you and Didi, man. Love you. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate y'all Love for listening, well. man. Go write us that review. We'll see you next week live from Dubai.
0: I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, You concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul, with all your heart.